one, two, three into the four. What is up, my friends? Today is September 2nd, and this is episode nine of Nothing But a Foot Thing, your home for FIFA Ultimate Team news, discussions, and debates. We are the show brought to you by three friends in the foot community, just like yourselves. I'm your host, Kevin. However, I'm not alone today. Joining me are my two co-hosts, John. What's good, everybody? And Martin. Hey, guys. What's up? Look at the calendar. It's September already. So for my fellow rats out there, make sure if you're going to message people toxic things, you're supposed to say it's September, not it's August. So very important there. FIFA 23 comes this month. We are all well and truly in the home stretch. Soon the days of scrambling to shot cancel in the box and find that extra pass will be behind us forever. Or will it? Because maybe the meta will return. But in order to find out about that, my fellow rats, we look forward to a new competitive cycle and new ways to jam through the opposition defense. And we brought along an expert at getting the most out of your game. A man that needs no introduction, but we'll give him one anyways. FIFA Ultimate Team, FIFA Ultimate Team coach, founder of the Foot and Review podcast, John Foot Coaching. What is up, John? Hello, foodies. Thank you for having me. So not to cause too much confusion since we have two Johns here. How should we reference you, John? I don't know. Just call me coach or something. Maybe that's easy. All right, coach. <laughs> oh, that feels cool. Hey, coach. And he so, is my coach, um, actually. Yeah, so he's got some great coaching services. So we'll talk all about that and we'll get to know John a little bit better because I'm sure the, the listeners want to know a little bit about you. So let's start off with a little like icebreaking type thing. John, where in the world are you from? I'm uh, from the Netherlands, as you can hear with my lovely accent, although I try to hide it. but <laughs> Lovely accent. <laughs> What's the football team you support? Um, Feyenoord in Rotterdam. Oh, great team. Yeah. Well, we raised that John Baksh. Decent. Johan Baksh, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he used to be better. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's benched this year, unfortunately for you, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he should be for the national team, too, but <laughs> getting off topic there. <laughs> what is your favorite FIFA? I think FIFA 17 still, yeah. That's a great Fun one. Memories. So much good content. Yeah, great memories. Awesome cover, by the way, too. Uh, Rose on the cover. We started the company in that year. So, yeah, all nothing but good memories. Oh, great year then. Who Definitely. is your favorite FIFA card? Could be all-time currently. I think anything with Cristiano Ronaldo, probably. Just make sure that's the first card I get every year. <laughs> Just make sure he's on top and we'll see about the rest. Yeah, team of the year CR7 last year. That was like my guy. That was my favorite card last year. His uh, directional nutmegs. He pulled off the animation like no other. <laughs> yeah, and I I made sure I actually packed that card that everyone knew. I packed that card. Never seen <laughs> yeah. up, so we did. <laughs> I remember. So for, anyone, so for anyone that listens to Foot in Your Review, you'll remember the not so subtle mentions to his incredible pack look last Definitely. year. <laughs> so, uh, which footballer? Would you be most likely to be confused for? So if someone saw you in the street, they'd be like, hey, that is. That's an excellent question. Uh, you, they, I, they probably haven't seen me walk, though, because they definitely would not confuse me with any football player. <laughs> 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 uh, I think that's the, I think you just go. I, I wouldn't even know the answer if I'm quite honest. Probably I got the old Royce haircut. Maybe that's it. But they haven't yeah, seen me play then. So, sure. yeah. And my accent's sort of similar, so. <laughs> All right, Marco that's... Royce, we'll go with that. <laughs> Could be so worse, as... right? <laughs> so as an NBA FT tradition, we always kick off our shows with an icebreaker question. So I want to bring in everybody else here for this one. Um, so, John, I'll ask you first. John, coach, if you could choose any fictional character to be your imaginary friend, who would it be? 
Ooh, that <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent question. Uh, a fun question as well. Any imaginary ca character, right? Um, I mean, probably Kirby. Oh, that's a Kirby. Cool okay. Huh? Right. So why, why Kirby? I'm pretty, pretty sure there will be some mad things going around and there's <laughs> a lot of fun, right? You see me walking around with a, uh, with a <laughs> pink person next to me, like what, what's he doing? And you can have, ah, can turn into anything. I think we can have some good times going on. Yeah. He can probably do the thing where he sucks us up and he sucks up the skills of Tex and plays FIFA with us on co-op. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or by opponent. So, or, he, or he can take away the, all the zero zero rage quits, right? <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, Martin, I want to ask you the same one. <laughs> Who would your imaginary friend be if you could choose an fictional character? I think that <laughs> that's such a tough question. But um, I'm going to go with Eric Cartman. From South Park. Oh, yeah. good times. <laughs> Get yeah. it? Probably. Yeah, he's just a bad mother effer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but good times there. Yeah. Yeah, nonstop laughs for sure. So, John. JB, John. Um, That's a good one, too. I'm a big Dragon Ball Z guy, so maybe Goku. Yes. Nice. Um, you know what we were talking about, you know, exterminating the zero zero quit rats. You know, he gets this instant transmission, you know, over there. I don't know if you how much you guys watch Dragon Ball Z, but basically teleport yes. there and then, you know, you know, give him what's coming to him. But and he loves to eat a lot. I like to eat a lot. Strongest being that's ever been created. So Goku, I think probably my guy. What about you, Kevin? Wait, I thought Hercule was the strongest man on earth. Mm, no. And Goku <laughs> Another is stronger one for than Superman. I will not one for you DBZ debate. guys. Yeah. The great Hercule. <laughs> so for me, uh, it's got it's gotta be Sonic. Oh, Sonic there you the go. Hedgehog. Yeah, he's a good time. And uh, you know, I got Sonic with me. I'm showing my Sonic merchandise here on camera for your listeners at home. So big Sonic guy. He's always about having a good time, always up for having a laugh. And he's fast, so he'll be good on the control sticks, you know, with those shot cancels and the GD spin cancels. <laughs> So I promise, I promise, as I love to say each week after we go off into a big tangent, that we will talk about FIFA, and we will talk about FIFA now because there's tons and tons of content. John, can you take us through some of that real quick, please? Yeah, so real quick here, um, so we can get back to talking to Coach here. Um, yeah, so today we got batch two of, I don't really know what they're calling it, best of or whatever. So instead of one, only 100 things in packs, we get 200 things in packs, and including that <laughs> is our foot captains, wild winter wild cards, foot fantasy, basically all the stuff people have been waiting for for like three weeks and sitting on these premium footies. Neymar, um, well, is it Mendy? ASM for me. Gucci, yeah, all those guys that we've been dying to complete. Mo Salah. You know, people have just been waiting for that because they don't either have the coins to snipe them on the market or they don't feel like you know, trying to snipe cards on the market in September. So that's awesome. We finally get that back. Um, lots of really good cards back in packs now. Um, I think Messi and all of them are, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But so twice the amount of cards in packs. That's awesome. We have the 85 by 10, not repeatable yet. You can do it 10 times a day still. I'm assuming probably next Monday is when they'll, you know, unleash the gates of hell and 
let that become repeatable so everybody can have R9 and hold it in their squad. Um, let's see what else here. The warm-up uh, SBC has come out where you can do that every other day and then work towards more fodder packs. Um, we've got the SBC year in review uh, player pick out. I'm not really sure on the requirements of that, but I don't know if I'm necessarily interested in that. Um, it, I don't know if anyone have, have any of you guys done that yet. I'd be interested to see if you can get like footies players in that and stuff. Um, I haven't even touched the game if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> I opened up, I opened up and checked out the content and then it's about it. Yeah. It said like any SBC that's come out like before or during June or something like that besides icons. So be interested to see if you get footies in that. So that might be something people are interested if they missed out on a footies card. Um, and then we've got the Kickstart Cup, which is will earn you a 15 rare player pack. And it's from the nations that you need to use in the objective, which is England, Germany, Argentina, Netherlands, and Portugal. So in FIFA 23, you can get a 15 rare player pack with those nations in them. So you could get some juicy, juicy type of guys in there, maybe like a Frankie de Jong, of course, CR7 um messy you know some of those guys potentially uh harry Maguire. um so yeah got people are probably I'll, I'll probably do that um i don't know are you guys doing that did you guys do the one last week for the 50k pack nah no nah. nah. i actually did the one last week and it was crazy to me because no one was doing golden goal in there and like you know like obviously play the game how you want like i'm just a dick trying to tell you how to play the game but but, like, I really don't understand, like, how these people are staying in for a full game. It was very painful, to be honest, to try to get through. So, hopefully a little easier this time around. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think maybe a little bit over half of people – I did them as well. And uh, maybe a little bit over half of the people are playing Golden Gold. And some people wanted to play the whole game for some reason. I don't know why. But, um, again, you do you. Um, yeah, you don't know need to win, do you? Coach has said that he is – not touching this FIFA anymore. Is that correct? So that's very much correct. Yeah. yeah this ain't going to bring you back so you can get some extra packs for the next year. Uh, the thing is the amount of time, uh, myself and my team can spend on the game when it actually uh, comes out is so much more than an average player. Probably, uh, that we will make up for that anyways. Right. So, and I think it's for quickly explain why I'm not playing. Because we played the beta for the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. Like every one of our team just went full nuts at it as, as much as we could. And it's really hard to go back into FIFA 22 now. Played for three weeks, then go back into the new game. So we'd rather stay. I think everyone in the team just stays away from 22. Just make sure we take all the knowledge and experience we now have in 23. Take it into the new game. And no, I think yeah, that definitely... makes up for the effort. <laughs> no, yeah, that's fair. And yeah, it definitely makes sense for you guys. Because yeah, you don't want to you know, learn all the stuff you guys learned in the bit, playing the beta and all that, and then go back to, you know, the earlier version of the game. And then like you were saying earlier, you have to relearn that stuff. So that makes sense. But yeah, if you have time, I mean, and, and you want a juicy pack or two for the next year, um, I mean, these objectives, um, you know, don't take too long. And um, for this one, you only need five players from each of these nations so you can double up on them. So what that'll be like nine games in total you need to play and score a goal in or hopefully play golden goal too. Um, but yeah, I think that's 
nice to have. And, and the pack seems worthwhile for your time for the most part. So um, decent little preseason stuff there from EA. And then the SBC that we got today is none other than the new Chelsea signing Raz Sterling. Uh, he is five-star skills, four-star weak foot, high medium. He's got the unique body type with the T-Rex run. Um, the, one of the guys who is probably one of the better guys at left stick dribbling in the game. Um, I think it's really unfortunate. I wish you, if he would have been five, five, I, I would have highly considered doing him, but you know, I've got Messi already. And, and I'm sure a lot of other people that have five-star, five-star attackers may, you know, probably skip this one as well, unless you run a Chelsea team or a past and present Liverpool or Man City team or something. Um, any of you guys interested in, in Mr. Sterling here? He also got a position change, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't... actually plays striker at Chelsea right now, so mm -hmm. it makes sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably get him done just for... Uh, I haven't actually, I haven't done any of these preseason cards yet, but I wanted to do like the ones that are former Liverpool players and stuff, so I'll get Sterling done just to chuck him in the reserves because I don't like him anymore. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I have dupes and stuff, I'll throw them in to Sterling. But, yeah, not dying to get him into the club. And then for the objective player, we got the four-star skill, five-star weak foot, Tange and Dombele, who transferred to Napoli. Uh, he got the upgrade from medium-medium to high-medium. He's 5'10", got the unique body type. He's got maxed-out dribbling stats, basically. So um, he actually looks really, really good. Uh, maybe if you pair him with Barella or something like that, I think that could be a good little combination. Um, you can do it in rivals or squad battles. Um, French links, they're none short of that this FIFA either. Um, I don't know. Are you guys interested in him? I, I, I don't know if any of us will. Maybe Kevin for his Panini, but. Yeah, even then, I, I, I listen, like, I don't really, like, I don't know if I'm going to get much into gameplay this year, to be honest. I mean, if I do, it's going to be just to run, like, a themed weekend league, like, or just to, te like, fully test out, like, my ultimate, like, endgame team. Just, like, let's see what we could do with it. But it's probably about it for me, to be honest. Yeah. So objectives are very unlikely for me. Yeah, yeah I did I'm, the... I'm going to skip that one, too. Yeah. Yeah, I did the Gabby Jesus one last week just during my Rivals games because I had the team to do it, but... Um, yeah, I don't know if I'll do this one either. And fodder is so easy to come by now. It's, well, you know, what's the point? So, um, yeah. And then finally, we have an SBC that's out the Barcelona Kunde versus the Alex Teles Sevilla card, the showdown card. Um, again, I don't know if I'll be interested in these ones either, um, but they're available. So I wanted to mention, mention them for anybody interested. Um, Kunde is a high, high work rated center back, three star, three star. Looks really good, but, I mean, we've got so many good La Liga center backs with this Rudiger card last week. Militao is still one of the best center backs in the game. You know, unless, again, if you run some sort of Barcelona squad or French squad, I don't really see the point in him, even with the upgrade. And then uh, Alex Tellez looks really good. I always like his foot cards. Four-star, yeah. four-star. Um, Brazilian left back, can't go wrong there. But, you know, Sevilla... I think unlikely to get a result in the game. So um, I hate having just the dark black gray cards in my squad is just very visually unappealing to me. So I don't know if I'll do him either. <laughs> um, how about you guys? Anybody interested in the other of these guys? 
Um, I think we're at the stage of the year, honestly, where all these cards are... I've been saying this for a few weeks now, so I sound like a broken record, but all these cards are so good that it's almost you're almost at the stage where it's just you may as well just use the players you like in real life at this point so mm-hmm. i mean for me like i'm favoring liverpool players um i pretty much or just players i like in real life so if this is like if these guys are players you like or if you're like a sevilla fan or barca supporter then hey this is awesome for you go crazy yeah i got that spot covered by varan and rudiger and um, Cancela was clear of uh, Alex Tejes, so mm-hmm. I don't think I'm gonna shift any any players from my defense in order to make space for them. So that's a pass for me. Also, I'm a hundred percent focused on getting R nine done by tonight. So yeah, <laughs> that's right. the only thing I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I think again, if I have dupes, maybe I'll throw them into Telez. But again, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, Martin. I'm doing R nine as well. So until he gets done, I'll probably forgo anything else. But no, other than that, that's pretty much the content that came out today. What you guys can look forward to doing in the game this week, and and for predominantly the rest of the cycle, I think we're getting some more player SBCs, uh, potentially the Mane Bayern card and the DiBala to Roma card. I know have been leaked, so I think all of us would probably be interested in those. Um, but yeah, um, I think Kevin, I'm, I'll take it back to you if you want to get back to our Mister Coach over here. He was just loving all this FIFA 22 talk. Yeah, so not to bore you, since I know you've moved on, <laughs> you've left us behind in 22. Um, we have we prepared a few questions for you, so all of us have each come up with some questions, and we'd love to ask you about it because we want to hear about foot and review we want to hear about foot coaching we want to hear about how you prepare for a new cycle running a podcast running you know the brand of foot coaching so uh i guess we just want to start there i I would like to ask you what is how how do you prepare for the new year with foot and review with foot coaching what do you do in preparation for the new year is there like a checklist you go through is there a routine Uh, that's a cool question though so uh just to make sure everyone understands, it's two separate entities, right? Sure, it's the same company, but the podcast is very different from actually the coaching aspect of what you do. So both prepare preparations are very different. And uh, this is the first year where we actually were in time with starting preparations and got the beta, got involved, have a network in place and um, just have the, our team ready to perform like this. So that helps a lot. So uh, if we go to Food and Review, the podcast, of course, we are looking into a lot of things, not only schedules, but increasing the um, the amount of extra Patreon content we produce. We made plans. We take in a lot of feedback this year with uh, the supporters and people listening. We, if you follow us on socials, you see a lot of polls, for example. We reach out to a lot of people responding on those polls. Um, we actually take in a lot of that feedback and look at all the Apple reviews. <laughs> so I think this year we've, I maybe spent at least 80 hours just talking to people. Uh, you listen to the shows, you've seen the shows, what do you think? Uh, who's your favorite host? What don't you like? Uh, what aspects of the show do you like? And and what you'll see, hopefully, um, by providing the feedback is then starting next week or the week after when we go full swing into FIFA 23, we take it to consider those, uh, that feedback and have tuned the show towards that. So somebody's going to get sacked for next year. 
<laughs> or maybe he already has. No, no, no. <laughs> no, definitely not. I, I mean, shout out to the team, though, right? Because we have a rotating uh, scale of hosts, right? With the show, because we do three shows a week. Um, we can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. Uh, we started this with two people. We are now in a team of seven people. And without those seven, without the team, we wouldn't be able to do this. So I'll, I'll, I'll shout out to the team. Yeah. It's more like, uh, for example, video content isn't watched that good for us. Are we going to spend all the amount of time and money to produce that still? Or are we going to focus on producing more audio content? Because for the same money, we can also make two extra audio shows, for example. Stuff like that is something we are considering. Um, and there's different opinions in about the whole team. And that's why we need the audience. I think that's what we've been doing the most in the past week. I've just been talking to people about this. And hopefully awesome. that bears fruit. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. We we actually look up to you guys a lot um, because producing one episode a week is difficult enough. I can't imagine producing three. So cheers to you. <laughs> I appreciate it. But cheers to the team because there's no way I could do it alone. <laughs> Yeah, so would you like to take a chance to shout out some of your team? Because um, I, I mean, I'm someone that listens to Foot and Review. I love hearing all these different guests you have come on and the different hosts. Uh, yeah, well, of course. I mean, uh, I've started the show with Ingvi, so Ingvi is definitely in need of a shout out. So Ingvi, if you ever need, if you want to know anything about food, even a card from five years ago, he probably knows which rating and when it was released and what position was and what chemistry style works better as well. Uh, so that that's he's amazing. He's a very kind human being, but he's also like <laughs> our Noah, our, our Mister FIFA database. We can't do this without him. Uh, of course, we, too. yeah, and then he's like also, of course, on the forums, very active. He's a moderator on the EA forums, so he's got the network, and yeah, it's a tremendous guy. Um, and I think, of course, Wimby Daniel uh, was my other host, so. I tend to do two shows a week, and Daniel does one uh, as a host. And of course, he's got a much better voice than I do, so I always love to hear him back. And it's cool waking up to your own show, so to speak, and not having to do anything yourself. It's still very unreal, but yeah. Um, that beautiful voice he has too, so silky. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we we ask him to do all our voiceovers these days for all <laughs> videos. <laughs> Um, and of course, you got this beautiful English accent that ha that helps with, definitely with that. Uh, and of course, uh, I mean, I can name them all: uh, Nathan, uh, Grandpapa Mac, who makes the dad jokes. Uh, I, I, I like it's. We are, I think we have a very cool group, which uh, with everyone willing to make the most out of this and spending. And not everyone is full time employed at food coaching, right? Um, but still, everyone acts as if they were. And of course, new on the show is Shack Attack. Which uh, is going? Who's going to do a trading only show along with Daniel? So that's going to be cool as well. Oh, that's oh, going to be looking good. forward to that one. Yeah, Shaq is a cool guy. He's someone that we've interacted with in the community. He's a great guy too. Mm -hmm. All all of your people are really great people. I feel like I've interacted with almost all of them at some point, and all of them are like super friendly guys and super helpful. So go say hi to these guys. Check them out for sure. Um, Martin, did you have a question you wanted to ask John as well? Oh yeah, I. I'm going to go straight into more of the coaching side of things. Um, well, now that the new cycle is going to start, um, what do you think are the main things all FIFA players should consider in order to improve 
that's a good question. And most people would think we would go full mechanical, right? Uh, which buttons or which moves to do. But I, I actually would advise having a look at what's currently holding you back if you do, would not look at the mechanical parts. Because that's something we coach on, uh, like mechanical. So what do you guys do with controllers, right? Uh, mentally, so how what's going on in your head and your mindset when you play, and also tactically. I think tactically is something advanced. It's all good. Tactics help once you get to know the first two parts, the two first pillars. Uh, but mentally is mentality is often overlooked, and I think that's something you should really try to look at already. For example, if you now play FIFA 22, you're playing with not the casual players anymore, right? Hmm. So the general level is pretty high, if I could do something for myself, or at least everyone that plays has a good team and plays for the right reasons, so to speak. But that changes in three weeks, where everyone, where half the players are pro players returning. Half the players are new players coming into the game, um, and some people will get try to to get you be frustrated. Some people will just try to get an easy win to go up or faster. And I think that's something you can definitely prepare for when starting a new game. Just take your own time, take your own decisions there, and take your like make your own targets and don't overshoot those targets. Just say, okay, you know what? First, um, first I'm gonna see if I can get the four. Uh, next week, we're going to see if I get Div 2, whatever, what fits with you. And don't stress about losing a game or two because you have no idea who you'll be facing at which time at the start of the, at the, start of the new year. It can be all over the place. Um, and if you let the start of FIFA 23 in, influence your mindset and the way you look at the game itself, I would definitely advise against that because that would, might ruin your whole season, not only from a professional level, but also from a, a casual perspective. Yeah, and that's and right. If you are and, practicing, uh, PlayStation <laughs> players would... are running scared now. They gotta face the Xbox rats like Kevin and I. You know, <laughs> get ready. Oh, there's that right. Crossplay definitely introduces a whole new um, style of players coming in. I think for many people, there's definitely a big gap between PlayStation and Xbox. I think, uh, like on the higher levels, the far higher levels. I think PlayStation definitely this year had a had a heads up, but on the just below levels. I think, for example, if you have 1,900, 2,000 division players on Xbox, those players probably had a harder time playing consistently harder opponents than the players with a similar rating on PlayStation. And that's going to be really interesting in the coming season. Ooh. Yes, because I see uh, PC players mention this sort of a, di a dynamic, I guess, where like the, I guess, above average players are so much more difficult. It's difficult to break past that group and... Beyond that, there isn't the top-level players because all the pros, for the most part, at least now, have moved to PlayStation I mean, entirely. So I think that's going to be a very interesting aspect. But I wanted to touch on that mentality thing that you mentioned because just listening to Foot and Review for the past couple years for me, um, it really a few things that John has said has really stuck with me. Uh, Coach John here has said many times, he's talked about mentality, about putting the game down when you're frustrated, about taking a breather, about writing down how you feel in between each match. And honestly, it made a huge difference for me. I was a player that always struggled in the old format to hit elite, which was 23 wins and foot champs at the time. I would always get 22, 21, and there was always something stopping me. Maybe mentally I'd choke or whatever. And I took a bunch of these tips just from what he mentions on the podcast. So please check out Fun Review. And I'll help you greatly as a player, seriously. And that pushed me to become a player that hit elite consistently, elite two as well. And 
yeah, I think that mentality is a huge thing. So I think it's pretty big that you mentioned these things, John. I appreciate you saying that. And of course, shout out to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> it's for often all over uh, underrated, I think, because people, it's, it's a game and that is definitely the case, right? But it's like anything you do in life when you have a better mindset going into it, you, you do that better. Um, and it's like, there's a reason when you're frustrated, you have to put down your controller for a second, right? Yeah. So, and you, we, we hear about it with our friends in the community. Sometimes they'll be like, oh man, I just lost, I got on a bad streak and I just lost five in a row. Well, there goes your elite finish or whatever finish you wanted. So I think that's really big for sure. So that would be my one. If that, hopefully that answers your question, Martin. <laughs> Thanks. So now over to you, John, do you have a question as well? Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. I was just thinking, um, a lot of the times, you know, we don't really, aren't really able to analyze our own games. Um, you know, and is there, there like in your experience of coaching, um, you know, is there something that you see with like a majority of the players that's like super easy that you can do to, uh, like improve your game right away? You know, like I know people say like, take your finger off the sprint button. You know, and, and, you know, I, I did that probably two or three years ago. And I'm like, oh man, like I, this is a whole new game for me. <laughs> like I can pass well, I can dribble better, you know, just, just something like that. You know, I would say if you are in a FIFA rut, for example, or you are starting out and you lose a lot, it's probably because you lose the ball far too often. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is most of the times we've seen it. It's because people play too fast. And I know it's fun to see pros playing really fast, but they approach for a reason. So I like to introduce something to people that have a problem getting to gripes with FIFA. And that's what I call the one-two pass, which means you basically count the two out loud before you take a pass for one match. Even if it's one match a day, huh. it will slow your gameplay down. It will slow you down. But most importantly, because you say it out loud, and this sounds really weird, but <laughs> this is a proven methodology we've used. Because you say it out loud, your mind will actually adjust to it. Your body will adjust to it. And you just take two seconds, you take a pause. You take two seconds, you take a pause. You'll be safer then. And you will probably see opponents not being able to get the gripes of what you're doing because you're slowing that so much down. They will just tackle you. They miss and tackle or they run past you or they step out and like, oh, now I suddenly have an open chance. Whereas if normal circumstances, you've already taken a shot and he would block it. So sometimes slowing it down will bring a bit more confidence in you. And especially in a game like FIFA 22 was where counterattack was very, uh, not very easy, but rather easy. Let's put it like this. Mm -hmm. um, most goals people on a lower to average level concede are counter goals. And if you stop losing the ball too or so often, you won't give away too many counters. You start, you stop leaking goals. Well, that's good for your confidence, and you probably win a game or two as well while doing that. No, yeah, that, but that, it is weird. But it's the same as learning a language. If you yeah. speak it out loud, it's easier to learn. No, yeah, that's amazing because I notice whenever I do have high weekend league finishes, I notice I am like composed. I'm, you know, taking my time, tiki taka. And then whenever like I go down a goal early or something like that, you know, you try and like you say, hit people on the counter and you're all rushed and frustrated, which is probably why like a lot of these or some of these higher like skill level players want you to play, you know, they want you to be frustrated and Stuff like that. So that's that's an incredible advice. I'm going to try that out. <laughs> that's amazing. Let us know how you do. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm well. 
I actually had a couple of sessions with John this year, and that's one of the things I worked on, and uh, it does work. So, yeah, one-two passing is amazing. You know what? I just tend to forget about it sometimes. I get caught up into this play fast um, mm -hmm. type of mentality. And yeah, as you say, it's just about hitting reset maybe at halftime or maybe just hit pause and then just reassess what you're doing. Because uh, from what I've seen from my own game, it's it's pretty easy to identify. Like John JB said, uh, when you're composed and when you're playing well in a calm and composed manner, then everything just seems to make click, you know? Right. Yeah, I think so. Especially in the box, the way that it is this year in the box, you need to be so uh, methodical, <laughs> maybe is the way to put it. it. It Basically, you need to be very composed in the box. You need to know exactly where you're going to go, when you're going to go there. And I think that you know, being super calm does help because we know how important, at least for me, that extra pass is in the box. If you can get that extra pass in, all of a sudden the goal just seems wide open for you. So it makes a huge difference for me. And also something that uh, coach, John Foot Coaching mentioned before, without giving away all the secrets of the trade, he did mention something once I heard. He said to stand up in between games, take a walk, go get a drink of water or something. Seriously, it resets your mind. It's crazy what it does. It really helps, at least for me. Uh, these aren't secrets, though. This is just the uh, same uh, sports psychology we use in on-the-pitch football, for example, right? Uh, but there's a reason you sit down in half-time, because you've been standing up all time. Uh, but now you're sitting down, so your body suddenly is in a different mode. Your mind starts to become in a different mode. When playing esports, is probably the other way around. You are sitting down and being focused, and you want to get out of that mindset. For example, you're a little bit stressed. Just press the pause button, stand up, turn around, take a drink, then go back, sit down, and... That's probably enough to reset your mindset in how you started the match. It's just the way humans work. Luckily. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. So this brings me, I guess this is the perfect time for me to ask my next question. I was going to ask you, what do you think is something you should prioritize? Tech, technical skill or that mentality? Um, the right technical skills are, I think, very important. So we, when we coach at foot coaching, um, non-pros there, um, not, not to mention pros, but when we were non-pro players, when we coach them, we always coach the basics first. That sounds sometimes a bit boring, but we always tend to look at the things that you can bring into new games as well. Uh, so we don't ever teach a, cer a certain skill move, for example, because we don't know if that's going to be changed next year or nerfed next month. We will teach you once you've done learning or when we program sometimes say and maybe now inc incorporate this move but for example it's really important that you got a steady defense well that doesn't change too much between games right i think if you turn treats a little bit different but the basics are still there so that's why the coaches from us can adapt very quickly because they know all the basics and i think if you know all the basics technically speaking it's very much doable to still participate on a high level even if you're as old as i am for example um, but you can overdo working on basics if your if your mentality isn't correct. So mm -hmm. once you think, okay, I got a couple of basics under my belt, but I'm still losing, I'm still calm advanced, then it's probably somewhere in the mentality side that's holding you back. So it's always a sort of combination. So in our programs, we always tend to look, can we get the players on a certain level on both of the first two pillars, that's mechanical and mentality, 
and then you'll see improvements all the way. And over the years as well, like Martin says, you, you probably feel it next year as well. You probably sometimes forget some things, but it's not really gone. Once you've got realized that you pick it up again and you're back on that level. So yeah, uh, I'm going to book a session next year. So (laughs) (laughs) to make sure I don't forget anything. Nah, that's uh, like, it's a, there's no right or wrong there. Right. I think uh, definitely if you look at tactically, there's no reason to prioritize that. I think tactics are overrated, but once you hit those basics and once you're mechanically and mentally are in a good position, then it can definitely add value. But before you're there, it doesn't do much. It just breathes in some fresh air for a couple of matches and then it's gone again. The working on the basic mechanics, probably the easiest way. I think every game has a couple of changes in the mechanics. That's cool for us. So we can learn it. Um, but it doesn't change too much from game to game, if I'm quite honest. So um, I'm, I'm sorry. I know that the rest of my hosts have um, some questions they want to ask. But I, but while we're here, because you mentioned um, tactics, and I've noticed a rise in the tactical game. It's become more important, at least. At least I've seen more discussed about it on Twitter, wherever in the FIFA community, talking about tactics this year. And I've noticed a little more of a diversity, at least in formations. Have, have you seen a rise in tactics becoming more important in the game or has it always been important and people are just finally picking up on it? I think it's important to be diversive, dynamic in your tactics. I don't think tactics itself will net you much extra wins, I'm honest. And even on pros levels, we've coached a lot of pros this year or organizations this year. And I would always prioritize a formation where or tactic where they are comfortable with over a new one, which I think might be better towards someone. Um, and that's basically because in real football, you can say like, okay, you know what? He's playing a 3-5-2, which means we do 4 foot 2 We overwhelm him over there and overlap it. But it's really hard to do that while you don't have a life coach sitting next to you. Hmm. And I think we can do that with pro scenes. There, it definitely could make a difference. But if you're not on the pro scene and you're on your own playing, for example, I don't think the tactics is going to win you that much extra. They like a 352 is always weak for certain formations or always stronger against certain formations. But if your basics or your mechanical play and your mentality is better than your opponent, you'll win anyways. I think so that's why we always say it's our third priority on our on our coaching mechanics or on coaching pillars, I should say. But definitely this year has been more balanced than every year before this. I think that goes that's a good thing for the game because you can basically play every formation i i mean i could make a lead with i think almost every formation i I'd be but if i would go on the pro scene i would stay away from a certain amount of formation for sure so. and it's cool for us as content creators we can toss of new formation out every month <laughs> and people would still be able to enjoy it i think <laughs> you're always good there um martin did you have any questions you wanted to ask yeah, actually, this is a very kind of personal question. Well, not personal, but FIFA-related personal. <laughs> because I have a certain bad habit about overusing the through ball um, in the final third. So I, I don't consider myself a through ball merchant per se. But, you know, I have this bad habit of pressing triangle when I'm in the final third. 
and I tend to lose the ball more often than uh, being successful, you know, with the pass. So how do you go about eliminating a bad habit out of your game? Usually by introducing an, something you need to learn. Okay. So for example, you have a, you, you know for yourself now, okay, I'm spamming those through balls. Um, and then you look at a pro match or you talk to one of our coaches, for example, and they say, like, you know what, this move is how people score or pros can score, or this is very good. And you don't know that move, then start practicing that move, which makes your play change around instantly. And you'll be so focused on implementing something new in your game style that you automatically won't actually fall back on your bad habits. So if you're a little bit uh, for coaching promotion while at it, but how we would try to coach, we try to coach everything positively. So we won't tell you what you're doing wrong. We can tell you what you can do better, but also teach you how you can do, how you can change things around. So we would teach you a new move or a certain way of attacking or something that fits your style and show you how you can practice that. And you'll be so focused on doing that that the true balls actually will just disappear out of your game style on its own. So you don't have to think about it anymore once you're back on that new level. Okay. That yeah, makes sense, actually. Yeah. So yeah, I'm loving, <clears throat> sorry, I'm loving how you're like using like coaching terms that I would normally hear like in, like I played basketball from, you know, high school to college um, at a high level. And I feel like I'm hearing terms like, that I would hear my basketball coach tell me. So I think that's very cool how you are like implementing that and like coaching mentalities and techniques and everything like that. That's very interesting and cool to be hearing that, um, you know, implemented, you know, in a, you know, gameplay FIFA related wise. So very cool. So, um, and then how did you come about, you know, being a foot coach? When did you realize, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not, too familiar with how you are yourself skill wise, but you know, how did you realize that, you know, maybe I'm not like Tex or gorilla or somebody like that, but you know, I can, I can see the game this way and see it well and teach others to play at a high level like that. So I think one thing is very important is that I'm, I am very much here to serve and I've always, I've always seen it as my mission to help people. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and in FIFA, when, when, when it happened in FIFA 17, I was just helping out some friends that happened to be very good pro players. And I was on a decent level where I could compete with them, sometimes not, sometimes good. Uh, but I, I found more fulfillment out of helping these guys perform than actually performing myself. Although I don't very much like playing, and I have to play else. I don't know what to do, of course. But I wouldn't mind if you would say, uh, tomorrow if we have eight people you can help, I would not play myself. I wouldn't actually miss it. So I've always been more serving than actually trying to get there myself. And I used to play professional football, like on the pitch football. Oh. And I started foot coaching saying, you know what, if I can now, I can help these pro players by just watching at it and using that, that mindset and those techniques I've learned. What if I can take the tools from the real life football, uh, get a team, a team with real life football coaches and analysts, and could we not help esporters and people that just play FIFA as a hobby for it. Because I do think that there's a, uh, if you're not a pro player, you can definitely like come to us and we can help you because you go to a guitar teacher, uh, even if you don't want to play on the, like on stage. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we can 
offer the same with foot coaching and every player we can help enjoy something they like to do even more that's what we are actually for and our my own level i play elite i play around 2000 20 50 21 depending on the season right um but i'm i'm noticing it's getting worse every single year a little bit uh, and i honestly don't even care <laughs> too much because we're helping more people in the same time now so for me that's all there's to it on coach here is a great player i've played with him this guy is an insane player by the way because i don't think i'm like i'm not a terrible player and this guy absolutely rinsed me destroyed me <laughs> probably lucky though <laughs> no but I, I that's why i for example i don't go out streaming my gameplay too much i don't mind putting my face out there or playing but in the same time it could probably help two other players and if True. that option is there i just help them first above everything else so it's just uh how i grew up i guess and what's that's me <laughs> So um, I, I guess I just wanted to ask you, um, because I saw you tweeted something, uh, you wrote, like, what do you drink when you're gaming, like, in reference <laughs> to, like, Red Bulls, like, whatever. Um, it, it's not going to be a question that, uh, like, that necessarily, but I guess I'm really asking about, like, these routines when we play, because um, is it important to, like, find, like, a routine when you play and, like, when you wanted to get into, I guess, like, that in that zone? Because I feel like sometimes my mind is just in the right place, and I'm trying to find ways to get myself back to that peak performance. Yeah, so it's like, um, I don't know if you guys ever heard about something called the flow state. It's yeah. A term often used in psychology or sports or, uh, well, basically they use it in every um, business branch these days as well to try to get there. When you're in a flow state, everything seems to go, become easier. Everything goes better for yourself, right? Um, and what I've learned from all the way back is, if you just make sure your environment is the same and you do the same thing before you start something where you have to perform, at least you've done everything the same. So there's no reason to doubt yourself when you actually start playing. The only thing that's different is your opponent. That's it. Right. And uh, at least you did all you could do before you start a match. So you can start really easy, like sitting, playing FIFA on the same desk, playing it around the same time, if you're able to, right. Um, making sure you got your drink ready and whatever goal you can see you take a sip of your drink that way if you ever for that's a, that's a, i think a prime example say you take a sip whenever you get a goal conceded right that's all right that happens but we come back your brain suddenly after a couple of times starts realizing that if you concede a goal there's actually nothing happening there's no nothing to rush nothing to worry about because you'll take that sip and you've been through this before so it won't get you anxious anymore and that's just something your brain is programmed to predict things. And I, that's, some, that's an easy way to let yourself predict things and not be worried about stuff, I guess. Yeah, I, I <laughs> well, I think Coach John just gave us a new drinking game, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, before getting into FIFA, I used to be a very passionate triathlete and endurance athlete. So I know, I know what you say about your routine and um, just trying to make yourself as comfortable as you can in order to cope with the situation that the, in, in, a, in a better way. So it, it, it used to be having the same breakfast every time, uh, things like that. So 
I know what you're saying. Um, well, so I, I think uh, Kevin, maybe you can talk about your routine. What do you drink when you're gaming? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I commented on that tweet. I, I put up a picture of a watermelon Red Bull. <laughs> and it, which, by the way, the I best flavor. That. And I, I won't hear anything about it not being the best flavor because it is. I couldn't find it here, honestly, though, because I've been looking this afternoon. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to send you over a case. So we'll have to just arrange these things after the show. <laughs> I'll send you over a case of them. But no, it's awesome. But yeah, so I I kind of do the same thing. I'm not uh, I'm not a pro by any means. I get like 16 wins maybe in the weekend league but uh so what i do is i i do i get the red bull i have sort of a routine which is kind of what uh, made me ask this question i i get my drink i sit down i put a water on my left side my red bull on my right side and crack them open get into the zone sometimes i'll listen to music and if i do that usually gets me in the zone like you know, kind of like the 96 chicago bulls kind of thing get myself <laughs> psyched and then i get going so um, it's amazing though what these little things do for you to get yourself into that mode because it it's true what john said about not downing yourself everything has gone right i've done this a million times here i am this is my level and the only thing that's different is my opponent and to be honest a lot of them play similarly anyways so i could i can do something about it oh man yeah i can just see kevin cracking up in the red bull putting on the 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 bulls intro music <laughs> oh, getting the fingers ready cancel cancel Shot fit cancel. cancel. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah, but um, I forgot where I think um, Simon said it best on the Foot Fanatics podcast. Mentioned like how he celebrates and then you know takes takes a break or you know takes his eyes off the screen or something you know just to give yourself that little bit of you know calmness you know and yeah that's something I picked up and just watching the pros a little bit you know I think if, correct me if I'm wrong you know you you have to celebrate right when you score. In like the competitive At a pro scene, yeah, 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 and I see them, you know, take a drink of their water bottle, you know, compose themselves, and and yeah, I've I've definitely started to do that. You know, I'll just hit the celebration button, and sometimes it doesn't let you celebrate, which kind of is frustrating too. But um, but yeah, I hit the celebration button, take a drink of water, you know, after I score or I can see it, especially if I'm in like a a rap battle where we're just you know going back and forth, <laughs> back and forth, you know, and then you finally get that you know, release and you score and you're just like, whew, deep breath, take a drink, let the celebration ride or, you know, vice versa. You know, I finally concede a goal, you know, just look away from the screen. So I don't see a celebration, take a drink of water. All right, let's get back into this. Let's get the game back. So yeah, that's definitely something I've implemented in my game. And, you know, if, if you do, you know, get frustrated a lot, you know, playing that way, um, you know, put that in your game, you know, take a sip of water, you know, relax, you know, it's at the end of the day, like we always say, it's easier said than done. It is a game, but you know, I know how competitive we all are probably. And, uh, yeah, that's something very, very simple and easy. You can put into your game to help your game and your mentality. So uh, very routine good makes it easier, right? Mm -hmm. and yeah, I, think... and I like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I like that terminology, rat battle. <laughs> no, no, dude. Battle. Man, you know, you know what I mean, though. And like your fingers are cramping and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just need that. You just need that little bit of extra. You know, whatever, ten seconds it may be. Let the celebration and replay ride, and then just come back calm and ready to keep going at it. So, it's also the hardest thing to <clears throat> sometimes unlearn when we're coaching professional organizations. 
sometimes we go into an organization and say, okay, you want to coach these guys for the season, for example. And at the first match, we're like, you know what? This is a bad routine they actually build in. <laughs> and they're, they're getting tilted by it, for example, or they're getting mm -hmm. distracted by it. But because they've been doing this for so many years and they did get to this level doing certain routine, it's sometimes really hard to break down. And that you can't really see when you see them perform uh, on streams or on arenas. Uh, but you can definitely see it when behind the scenes, like, oh, this is where I have worked the hardest on this year and nobody sees this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I guess I just wanted to ask you also, like, while we're getting into like the whole talks of like breaks and everything, like, do you think like it's important to take a break? Not necessarily just like, hey, I'm going to take a 15 minute break from the game or be done for the day. Do you think it's important to take like, hey, I need I need a weekend off because I get I, I, I know for me and I can't speak for everyone else, but I get like a fear of missing out. I'm like, oh, man, like this week, what if we get name on red? Like, I'm not going to get my name on red pick. Not that I'm going to get him anyways, but. Uh, do you think that's important, though, to like find time throughout the cycle to take breaks, like mentally to reset? I, I think it's person dependent, though. Um, first, quickly about the FOMO, right? I think you should not worry about any, missing out on anything in FIFA. Uh, I've been not been playing for weeks in FIFA 22. I've not felt that I missed anything. But if I play an opponent now, yeah, it's a better team than I do. Who cares, right? I like my team. Um, and I see you at Weekend League as well. There's plenty of options, plenty of times where I can't play Weekend League myself, but I also haven't seen that many of my friends or the players we've coached actually get some good picks anyways. Uh, it's all right. So just focus on your own and maximize your own time. Um, we'll be actually doing a series shortly where we say, okay, this one is for the fathers out there, the kids who have limited amount of time. Let's see how we can maximize the time spent on FIFA without the fear of missing out of anything. Right? So that out of the way, you're now maximizing your time uh, and and then come back and when do you need breaks? I think it's important for just anyone to take a break before they actually need one. So when your battery is half charged, that's when you want to take the short time you have to recharge it fully. If it's almost drained and you only have little time to come back to it, it won't be fully charged before you have to start again. So. The moment you start thinking about, oh, man, I would really need a break for FIFA, that's probably one weekend too late for a weekend league. Man, I'll be, I'll be looking yeah, out like for that, that content. The, the dad, RTG, something it's, like that. It's, it's called Dad to Glory, yes. Oh, there you Ooh, go. There you go. I'll be looking nice. out for that. I need that in my life. Because like you said, yeah, when you're a dad, like I know I play during nap times. You know, I don't know if I'm going to get 30 minutes. I don't know if I'm going to get two <laughs> hours. I need, I, need, I need help. So looking forward to that. <laughs> and I just don't, I think the FOMO comes from comparing yourself to what you see around you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's definitely something people these days, and now I sound really like an old man, I realize that, but I think that's something people do these days a whole lot, comparing themselves to what they see around them. And you don't, when you look at socials, you don't see the bad things usually. So you're always comparing yourself to the ideal pictures around you, which makes you never feel good. People say, what do you make in Wicked League or what did you do I, even if it's 20-0, why would I put that into someone's face, right? There's no, there's no reason. It doesn't make me feel better, and it definitely won't make them feel better because comparing doesn't make any sense in, well, in life, I think, but definitely not in FIFA either. No, yeah, I don't see any benefits from it. <laughs> okay, so I got a question now, uh, which I don't know. 
was there ever someone you coached that you thought was completely uncoachable? <laughs> um, professional or uh, amateur player? <laughs> I think that's I, that's a good. Guy. Either I think, yeah, yeah, either. Um, there are there are some examples of uh, players that came. I think at start of foot coaching before people actually knew what we did, how we did it. Um, we always say, like, we don't say they're scripting. Even if there is, right, we always say, look in the mirror first, improve anything you can do yourself. And if everything goes your way and everything is, is done, you're maximize everything you can do and you still lost because of a silly thing, well, then it just had to be that, right? And uh, we have people that came, that sent us booking and they we asked them to, like, put a description into it. So I want to see how we can beat the scripting. I'm just going to refund you instantly. I'm not even going to coach you these days anymore. So uh, we're just going to not going to start that. So yeah, that definitely happened. Uh, I don't think it happened for the last two years, if I'm honest, on an individual level. On pro scenes, we sometimes get that we go into an organization and we face pro players that don't want to be coached because it either affects their confidence or they think they can make it on their own or they don't believe in what we do. Uh, that usually doesn't take too long, luckily, but it does happen that we, where we have some not so friendly conversations at the start, but quite honest, like, okay, we are here for you, not the other way around, right? And we are here to help you. We are here to serve you. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. It costs your organization something. So either take it or just leave it, but we're not going to spend the time on you. And we've had one player this year where we had two weeks where, you know, we're just going to coach your teammate. We're going to leave you alone, just see what you do. If you ever want to come in, feel free to, but I'm not going to spend any time if you don't want to. And that took two, two weeks and he came back to us and said, okay, actually my teammates is really positive and I see his performance improving and he likes the session. So I, I want to see what this is all about. And that took one more week and then was over. But it's like, if you come to us, that means you got to spend time with us. You pay a certain amount of money for that. But that means you're going to get all our attention. If you don't want that, or, uh, like, then there's the transaction doesn't work either way, right? So we don't really have that anymore, if I'm honest. And I think the pro example is the best example. We, yeah, It's different, right? Because we get hired mostly by organizations. And then the organization says to play, this is your coach for this year. And like, oh, okay. And some of these guys are first or second year. They've never experienced anything like this. Uh, so they take it for granted either way. So. Yeah, I imagine as a pro, it's hard sometimes to hear that you have things to work on because you're like, I'm a pro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what can I possibly do better? I'm already one of the best. So I imagine. Yeah, but that's where we take the positive coaching approach. Right? We're not telling you you're bad or you suck at anything. Now we're showing you, and that's, I think we use data-driven tools for anything, right? So we're actually showing you the, the, not only the data, the statistics, but with every statistic, we show you highlights. And take up a clip. So, for example, we say, okay, you lost the ball there five times. We should drop that. And like, I didn't do that. Oh, and 10 seconds later, we have all the clips in front of them. Like, oh, I actually did. And you know that, that two matches ago here? Another couple of examples. So, I mean, data doesn't lie. So, that helps a lot with us convincing pros and organizations to do something different instead of um, telling them only what they should do better. And it's fun, right? If someone tells, hey, you could also do it like this. This might be easier for you and you feel better and the statistics show better. Yeah. And, you know, the saying, women lie, men lie, numbers don't lie. 
So, you know, um, yeah, like you're saying, you do emphasize the data driven coaching and stuff like that. Um, you know, what kind of things are you looking at, you know, data wise when you do, um, coach maybe professionals or even, you know, average Joe's like us, um, what's, what's, what are some of the data points that you are your, are your favorite to reference, I guess. And then, um, you know, what are maybe some things that can't be quantified by, by data? Uh, that's a cool question. So the tools we use are the same tools that's being used on real football, right? So if you look at Manchester City and Liverpool, we use the exact same tools they do. The only difference is they have a slightly larger team to actually work with it. Uh, maybe someday in the future we'll have as well. But every single session we do, if it's an individual session from, oh, I, wouldn't, I don't like the name average shows, but for a non-pro player or for pro player, it doesn't matter. We always use data and you always get the same treatment. Or we look at different kinds of data the higher the level the gets. So on the pro scene, we would be looking more at tactical level, for example. Which way do you build up? On which side do you lose possession the most? Uh, which side of the goal do you often take the shots? How do your shots look like? Whereas if we have a non-pro player, these things matter, but probably not yet. Right? There's probably basics to work on, or mentality to work on first. Uh, basic example, possession. We just have heat maps available for every single match we analyzed where you lose possession. Well, if you only lose possession at the, at the box of your opponent that, and you still lose 3-0, that means you get a lot of counters conceded. We have to look at that. Um, we have bad tackles, good tackles, etc. But we also have an, uh, in those heat maps, you lose a lot of, you lose 60% of your possession in midfield. That means you're just playing sloppy mm -hmm. in passing. Maybe then taking two seconds to actually pass around and focus on losing the ball there is important. I think those are cool examples. When we look at non-pro players, it's basically look at uh, what's your good passes like, uh, what's your bad passes like, but also do you tackle a lot? Do you sprint a lot? Stuff like mm -hmm. that, which we can really easily get out of your game, but would really make a, a difference in the end. And the cool thing is, talking about data, we can always compare it. So we run programs with non-pro players where you have like, for example, three or four sessions in three or four weeks, or we can say, okay, in week four, let's take back the first session and compare what, with what we're looking now. So we take the data and show them two, two sides of the data. Like, oh, that's actually a big difference. Does it feel that way? Yeah. Well, actually I've been division one now and stuff. And that's really, I think a really cool factor of it. What doesn't show though, of course, is mentality. That was your other question. True. So if you're stressed, I can't see that in data. Mm -hmm. But actually, we can because we see that stats will differ or change around. Trends will change around during matches. So, for example, where you score 1-0 and we see how oh, the possession until that was 80% or good stats, good passing. But then in the five minutes after you can see the goal, we see that drop down. Then we know it's not something you actually do mechanically. It's going wrong or what you can improve upon. Now, it's probably something, probably, I have to say, because we need a call to confirm that, but it's probably something, stress or mentality or pressure that's getting to you, why you're actually playing a little bit different, which caused the drop in stats. So although we can't really see it, we probably can relate towards that. I at least hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's honestly fascinating. That's pretty cool how you have all those tools and stuff and kind of analyze it like a like a real football match. You know, I wish I could do that personally, but I didn't really grow up playing football. Um, it's not really big, too big here in America. I was a basketball player. So 
that yeah, that would be just fascinating to see how you guys, you know, relate, you know, or or analyze someone's game, you know, basically like a real like a real football match. So that's super cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You can always see if you can do one for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think it's interesting because I notice certain things habits in my game that appear as I start to get frustrated. Like I do this thing where I push my fullbacks, like I get extra aggressive when defending with my mm. fullbacks for some reason. I don't know why with my fullbacks, I always push them onto the wingers. And I notice I do that every time I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting this this I guess it's cool to know that there's ways to quantify this into actual data. I think that's super fascinating. And I think that's awesome. Oh, we have got a great way of like looking at how Liverpool and Manchester United, for example, do it, right? So we got good ways of... Uh, we have some cheat sheets for that. <laughs> I think it's amazing the way that data science has crept its way into competitive um, areas like uh, football and esports as well i think that's super interesting so i mean that's so not, sorry it's not very common yet in in fifa at least though so in esports i think i want to say we're the only one but i think we're pretty much at least the only one in europe now currently doing this it's like for everyone individual or team or or, or pro player um, and that required a lot of hard work at the start and convincing all those partners that this is actually the way they should be doing it right uh, but now it's, I think it's becoming more standard than standard. And uh, like you said, there's no, no data doesn't lie. So there's no point arguing what you actually see. And especially like we say, you'd make eight passing like that and it can't be. And we can actually show them on your screen. Like, oh yeah, ah, there's, yeah, uh, you might be right. And it's actually cool because we send like uh, performance dashboards to everyone we, we train. We send them a screenshot from the dashboard. So we send them the dashboard and it's like, these are your statistics for this match, right? And sometimes people are like, oh, that heat map, oh, that looks horrible. And they send in a new match. Like, can you just, can you guys analyze this or analyze it? Like, oh, that looked much better. Yeah, I thought it felt better. I'm going to pay more attention to this. So that's good. That's for us as cool as well. So I guess uh, one thing I want to know is, so uh, do you believe, this is a two-part question. Do you believe, how many wins, I guess, do you believe having a super meta team can add to your weekend league? And also... How many wins could add to your weekend league if you use foot coaching instead of going and spending all those FIFA points on a meta team? <laughs> uh, that's uh, how you say it? preaching for your own choir. <laughs> bit. Go ahead and toot your own horn, man. Yeah, toot your own horn, man. <laughs> that's, that's what you're here for. We're we're big fans, anyways. Like to be honest, right. I love foot and review. I love foot and review. I listen all the time when I'm at work, and we want to just hear as much about foot coaching as possible. I appreciate that. No, so it's it's always hard to quantify, right? Um, but I am of the I am of the opinion that except at the start of the year, where you can actually have a big difference on the playing field if you have a real good team. So in the first month or six weeks, the f- until the first pro qualifier, for example, having a really good team, even if you're not that good yourself, can actually make a big difference. I think after the end of the year, that's eh, all right. Right? It doesn't make that much. Maybe one win in a good scenario makes it a difference. But I think ba- what we do with foot coaching, and uh, that's why we want to work on those basics. We don't want to teach you something you can use for one week or one game. We want to teach you something you can take over the next year as well. Right? And if you work on basics, you can only get better. And it doesn't ma- necessarily mean, because, for example, if you now learn you something, you won't perform necessarily better in the next weekend, because sometimes you have to unlearn stuff first or get used to it. 
but it will definitely make you better FIFA in the longer term, mid to long term. And you'll get consistent higher wins. And I think that's where we aim for. That's why we do leagues like the Dutch EDVs, for example, uh, pretty decent, if I do say so myself, because hey, maybe we won't win those four first matches in a team that just got in. But we definitely keep them in during the season. They start growing into the roles. The, the, the basic level goes up. The mentality goes up. The tactic knowledge goes up. And they don't drop down. So, and that's what we've seen with the with the pro clubs as well this year, where we started awful, like losing, I think, 14 from the first 16 matches, but in the end of the season, won 12 from the last 16, I think. Uh, then the level is there, the basics are there, everyone knows. So there's no drop off. I think that's the difference. And if you have buy a mate team, sure, you are now having a little bit of advantage, but in a week or four, maybe the advantage drops off a bit. And I think getting consistently coaching or at least getting one session from us will get you a net level, which is a bit higher and brings you better results consistently. And how many wins that is, I mean, that's to each their own, I guess. Yeah, so while we were there, we heard you mention the Pro Clubs team. So uh, we just wanted to congratulate you on, on the Pro Clubs team. You guys are doing awesome stuff. I've seen you guys on Twitch and everything. Great stuff. So uh, did you guys did you want to just tell us a little bit about the Pro Clubs team while we were there? Uh, sure. Yeah, that's where they also <laughs> why we started it. Um, no, so I think pro clubs is uh, the definition of having a good time or team-related performance sports when maybe you're not actually able to play in a team on the real pitch, right? Uh, so um, let's take myself for example. I got sir, a couple of back surgeries and I won't be able to play football again in my life. But it doesn't change the fact that I could maybe play in an 11 versus 11 environment in pro clubs and still perform on in this situation at championship level. Um, help combine that with the fact that we can now help 11 players at the same time, or in our situation, we have 20 players in our selection. So we can now help 20 players get the most out of their play. Our slogan is unlock your potential. We can now do that for 20 players. And one thing we wanted to show with the pro club scene is that it's if you don't consider it just a hobby, but you want to look at it professional, use our tools, use our methodologies, and focus on it, you can actually make the average show, so to speak, into pretty decent to very good pro FIFA players in this level. That can, well, I really like the team feeling, for example, as well. The fact that you have to communicate more. Pro clubs is, if you don't work together really well, you just lose anyways. If you play 11 versus 11, well, in one versus one situation, you sometimes can get away with making a mistake, which in 11 versus 11, you probably can't. The amount of matches we lost 1-0 at the start of the season. Well, <laughs> I don't even want to think too much about it again. But we work on details. You see improvements. You see the guys enjoying themselves. Of course, we now have a pretty cool sponsor deal going on that allowed us to get those jerseys, which we are wearing, to get them really designed and printed and actually sent over to all the pro players in the team. So every pro player in our selection actually owns a team, a team jersey, which we wear in game. Uh, stuff like that makes me, oh, proud they are there. Proud they wanted to go on that journey, because it is a journey, because I don't think there's many pro clubs, if any, that wanted to do this approach and spend that amount of time on. So I got a shout out Ryan, which is, well, I, know, I named him the director of pro clubs, but he used to be our foot pro player. He played Premier League last week, last year as well. 
Um, but he's now quitting the play and he's just focusing on developing all these pro players, spending all the time on it, managing it, making sure we analyze every match we play, individual talks with players, showing them how we can improve them, where we can work on. Um, yeah, basically that. I think uh, that's a very cool aspect. It's, it's basically to show what's possible, I think, in pro clubs, but also highlight that there's more than just foot. And realistically, I think pro clubs could be a better esports scene and much more enjoyable because I've not seen any match where it's not fun, exciting, tense. Um, and the dynamic, if you can have, hear every player talk, is so much better than seeing a player not able to talk on one versus one. No, yeah, yeah, it gets Pro EA's clubs, attention. <laughs> yeah, Pro Clubs is probably the most fun game mode in FIFA. You know, if I'm being honest, you know, being able to create your own player, you know, play with your friends um, in a co-op environment, you know, from, you know, two to 11 different players. I know I play it with my brother and friends all the time. And yeah, you know, it really is just kind of sad that EA just hasn't really, you know, utilized that the potential that's there. Um, you know, I'm assuming mainly, you know, foots the cash cow and, you know, that's what their primary focus is going to be, of course. But yeah, man, hopefully next year we start seeing a little bit more, you know, especially, you know, with, you know, the backlash they had with not including it in crossplay and seeing how much passion there is there for pro clubs. You know, I, I'd really like to see, you know, that game mode develop more because it, it literally is the most fun game mode on, on FIFA, you know, especially if you play with your friends a lot. It is very high maintenance though. So that's something I've definitely realized after we started. So we have 20 players to manage this <clears> week. Um, they are like contractually bound to the organization, but also you, they play three nights a week. Right. So it's not True. an easy thing. And sometimes two, two matches an evening. And when you consider pro clubs, when you just log in and play one match, you play one versus one or six versus six. It's a whole different story when you actually play 11 versus 11 in an organized environment. Uh, so it, it for us, it actually requires Ryan to be fully focused on that solely, which also shows one that there's potential, but without actually putting in a lot of energy, but also financial funds, it's really hard to maintain. Uh, and there's no really reason for EI, I guess, to help with putting that financial mm -hmm. uh, perspective in. So there really has to come, like we have a couple of sponsors, which says, I really like the fact that you're doing this, right? Uh, I really like the fact that you're all about inclusivity, getting people in that maybe aren't pro players yet or that aren't physically able to actually play football, but now are able to experience this. That's why we started and they tend to, well, actually buy into that story and help us out that way. But if you don't have that, how are you going to manage this? I think that's also, that that's definitely an issue. So although it's really fun to play with your friends, it's really fun to play 11 versus 11, but try to oh, find yeah. 11 players in your friend list that are always available in the same time. It's really difficult. Yeah, I imagine these uh, logistics are very difficult, like getting 11 people on at the same time, because I know for us, just getting us three here, and we had a, <laughs> a couple of guests last week, just that alone is tough. So I can't imagine yeah. how difficult that must be. But I also imagine the potential for content creation is just endless. I mean, I know from for myself when I played like playing co-op is always the most fun when I used to play pro clubs back in the day before foot became my mo main game mode pro clubs is always so fun so I can't even imagine like the potential for content creation there and I know with um with foot coaching I've seen the the twitch streams of 
uh, the pro clubs scene, and it's so cool. So I'm sure you guys are looking forward very much to crossplay coming also hopefully soon to to pro clubs next year. Yeah, it has to be soon though, because I also think the PlayStation side of things get a uh, big advantage because you have to level up your players, right? Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing: the, the pro clubs players we used, or we started with, didn't actually have level top players. So we played championship in Europe, uh, but we didn't have level top players against players that already played more than 300, 500, 600 matches. So I think that's a, a thing we've learned. Well, next game, we get really got to start off good and make sure we get a flying start in there, for example. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to making a new season. We're also going to, I can reveal that tonight because we just uh, put a green light on it. We're also going to make a podcast exclusivity about exclusively about uh, pro clubs, talking about the experience, get Ryan yeah, and awesome. talk about the experiences. And so that's going to be cool. And yeah, looking at much more things, but as everything, we just have to see how it flies first before we commit to it. Well, congrats on new pod. That sounds really cool. Um, we also have seen recently, I know John is an F1 guy. He's big into F1. <laughs> so John Foot Coaching, we want to hear about this new F1 project you've begun. Yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that though. Uh, but uh, yeah, I started uh, a new Formula One podcast, uh, which basically has the same... Um, format we started uh, food and review with and uh, the funny story is we actually called it um f1 in review and had the same logos and stuff and same branding and it was really cool until we got a mention from another podcast that actually is named f1 in review oh. <laughs> um haven't been that active yet but we were like you know what <laughs> maybe it's not a good idea so it's now called f1 in focus f1 and i started that podcast basically to go back into podcasting as a hobby for them because i mean Podcasting is is work, and although I really enjoy doing it, and we've done I don't know five hundred episodes, we did four hundred and forty six episodes of food and review now. But I think I did a, I I might have been in six hundred episodes with podcasting in my life now, something like that. So I wanted to go back to you know what? Let's talk about a passion from for myself without having it to be work related. So that's why I started the F One podcast. It's two episodes in. It's not available on all platforms yet. It's just Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Uh, but I very much enjoy making it. I haven't even checked the numbers. I, I, at this stage, I just want to make talk about my one of my passions, and that's Formula One since I was like five years old. So Nice. Well, you got one more follower. I just followed you on Spotify. So I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I just kind of got into F1 like after the summer break last year. Um, so it was super cool. I was ready to see the race in spa and then it got rained out, <laughs> woke up at six o'clock in the morning, my time, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, just like many people that hadn't been familiar with it, you know, I got hooked through drive to survive. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely have to check out that podcast and, um, super cool. I, I have no idea who you probably support as your driver, you know, being Dutch, <laughs> I, I could, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to be shocked when you tell me. Yeah, well, uh, I don't even have to tell you, right? But it's Mark East Mark's stop, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't the really. Funny have... thing is, I used to be a very big Hamilton fan, but I, like, it's, you can't really do both. Yeah. So when Mark entered the scene, like, okay, but for me, it's like that's already seven years ago. So it seems like an like a lifetime ago. No, yeah, and he's just he's just so good, man. Yeah, I'm I'm a Lewis fan. Just I just like Lewis personally. Um, but yeah, that Max is he's too fucking good, man. And, and it's, uh, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, second world championship in the bag since Ferrari can't get their shit together. But yeah, what a what a driver, man. I think so. Yeah, I think that the funny thing about the podcast is I want I did a I do the podcast with James and James is a Hamilton fan. Mm. I'm from the UK. Well, have contrast, so yeah, we wanted to really have two different opinions, or at least mm-hmm. two different fan takes into this podcast. But so far, we actually haven't argued yet. So <laughs> well, let's see how that. Nice. Yeah, see, we we're all Liverpool fans here, all three of us. So it creates for uh, we basically just got to make jokes at Manchester United's expense. So. <laughs> which isn't that hard this year so yeah. far <laughs> well i can't say anything because uh they could be making jokes about us this year true that's true <laughs> yeah so shout out to ingvi also he's a fellow red so hey ingvi come on you reds <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a proper one he doesn't yeah. sleep when they lose a thing yeah i my my life has been uh has been turned upside down the past few weeks since the season has begun <laughs> but hopefully things are getting back on track after the last week I'm sure this will turn around, though. Hope so. Hope so. Um, so, so John, um, does this take us through to the end of the show now? Is there anything you wanted to mention before we get into all our socials and everything? Um, you know, not that I can think of. I'm, I'm glad we mentioned content already for you know people that are still interested in that. Um, I know a lot of people probably listen to us just to go through that. So, I'm glad we went through that already. You know, John, foot coaching, John. Thank you so much for coming on. You know absolute legend uh excited to pick your brain and um i've definitely learned a lot so it's it's been super cool i'm, I'm super glad um you were able to come on and our schedules aligned and you know you're definitely welcome back anytime man appreciate that i appreciate you guys inviting me over and the support uh on the other podcast so yeah I keep up the, keep up the work i uh can't listen to enough fifa podcast during the week so <laughs> absolutely so you know in case you know, people are living under a rock and this is their first ever FIFA podcast they've ever listened to for some reason. Um, you know, where all can we find you through socials, through, you know, your your foot coaching website and all that stuff where they can get in contact if they would like um, foot coaching, FIFA coaching. Um, where can we find you on all the socials and um, utilize you if, if need be? Thanks for asking. Uh, it's really easy these days. It's just footcoaching.com, futcoaching.com. Uh, foot coaching on all socials uh, and of course foot in review on all podcast services but you can find all the visual shows on the youtube from foot coaching as well which is youtube.com forward slash foot coaching can't make it much easier than that all right and um, i think martin kind of lagged out martin kind of lagged out on us um but you can yeah, find i got him. a message in from him he says that he had a bad burrito and just had to take off so his lunch <laughs> didn't, didn't agree with him apparently yeah, but yeah, you can find him on socials, I believe, at ChopSui underscore FIFA. Um, Kevin, where can the people find you at, brother? You can find me over at KevinK93LFC on Twitter. I'm also on Twitch. You could go follow me there. I haven't really started streaming too much. I did one or two FIFA streams, so you can come help me out when I do also try to stream Football Manager because I'm totally clueless when it comes to that. <laughs> I just know, I just know, get everyone in the box, they'll probably score, right? So, <laughs> I've always kind of wanted to pick that up, but it just looks like so much, you know? If it is, though, I mean, because I, I have played Football Manager in the past, the the mobile version is like a really, like, um, like condensed version of it. So if, hmm. if you just want to put out your 11, tell what player to, you know, their instructions, then that is actually kind of enjoyable when you're stuck at the DMV or something. Yeah, the mobile version is a really cool entry point. 
honestly. Hmm. Well, maybe I'll download that on my iPad or something. Cool. But yeah, um, you can find me, John Bridges34 at at John Bridges34 on Twitter. Uh, Twitch, don't know if I'll be streaming anymore this year. Um, I'm just playing weekend league super casual and stuff like that, and I'll just post all my pack pulls on Twitter or something like that. So, but yeah, again, thank you, John. Thank you, Kevin and Martine. Um, and I guess there's just one thing left to do. No, oh, no, this, this isn't your podcast, John. No, 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 no. <laughs> Got the audio tapes ready, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see what you would say. But anyways, um, it, it's, it's for me to tell the people this. And that's, you know, when this silly game gets you down and frustrated, you know, go to foot coaching. You know, he'll get you right. And uh, just remember, guys, it ain't nothing but a foot thing, baby. Take care. Peace. Peace.